Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Donald Trump says he doesn't think Joe Biden will be the 2024 Democrat nominee. I don't think he makes it physically. Mentally, he's possibly equally as bad or even worse. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here on a Wednesday. Week is flying by. Jimmy Fallon is going to stop by a little bit later in the show. He's got his new book out. Very, very excited for Jimmy. Very happy for him that he's got his new book. And uh, it's all about cancel culture, so that'll be good. So the question, of course, is, is Donald Trump right? And I played that clip earlier for you in the show. Is it, is it, is it, is he right? Um, yeah, I think he is. I mean, I've been, I've been saying that to you. You know, the Washington rumor mill went crazy yesterday when Joe Biden confirmed that if it wasn't for Donald Trump, he would not even be in the race. Let me tell you what I think is happening here. And again, my astute political prognostications are very oftentimes correct. Sometimes I get it wrong, like thinking Doug Burgum would go all the way. But that beside the point. Uh, let's think about this for a moment. So Joe Biden is saying that really he's only in the race to stop Trump. That's it. Because Trump is such a, a threat to democracy, such an existential threat to democracy and, and everything else. And, and he has to stop him. Now, do you believe that? First of all, do you believe that? I don't. I don't think that that's true for a second. And I think more importantly that the people who want to stop Donald Trump don't believe Joe Biden is the guy who can stop him. As bad as he is now, physically, mentally, everything, how much worse is he going to be in a year? Very bad. Much worse. Guy can barely do a press conference now. They have to play the music and get him off the stage like he's accepting the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress and he won't shut up. Or actor, I guess he can't, you don't use gender anymore. You got to play the orchestra music, drown out the President of the United States. How much worse is he going to be in a year? But how do you strategically maneuver this how do you strategically move the machinations of all this and i think one of the key things here is you have to give him a graceful way out and that is not taking him down for corruption and it's not taking him out of the race because he's a feeble old coot coot who's just lost it no so what do you do 
how do you get Joe Biden out of the race? If you're the Democrat establishment, if you're the machine, and you know he's going to lose to to Donald Trump, and you and, and you have to stop Trump, you have to stop Trump. It's 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 job number one, priority one. Not because he's really going to destroy democracy, but because Donald Trump is going to smash the deep state. That's why you have to destroy Donald Trump. That's why you have to stop him no matter what, because too many people make money off the deep state. So how do you do it? What do you do? Well, you got to start with what is the most obvious, first and foremost, right in front of you, and that is that Joe Biden is a bad, bad candidate. He's he's low energy, and that's being kind. He's out of his friggin' mind, and there's no there's no passion for him. You know, the story yesterday that sales of of Biden stuff, merch, uh, Kamala Harris merch, it's not there. Nobody's buying it. Nobody wants it. And we talk about MAGA hats all the time and people who wear MAGA hats fly Trump flags. You never see anyone walking around with a Biden hat. Have you ever in your life seen anyone walking around with a Biden hat? Now, maybe if they're getting paid by the campaign to canvas a neighborhood or something like that, they'll wear Biden stuff. But that's it. I mean, people just voluntarily don't wear that stuff. I don't just show up at things wearing Biden for America shirts, Biden hats. I mean, do they even have them? I don't even know. So you have no energy among the base for him. The, the, the left doesn't like him. And he's losing support. I mean, hemorrhaging support among black and Latino voters. So what do you do? What, how, do you, how do you deal with that situation? And then you have the Kamala Harris problem, which is you have the first black woman vice president of the United States. And how do you just get rid of him? How do you just get rid of her? How do you just shove her off the ticket without the Democrat Party screaming, the base screaming and saying that you were racist and sexist, misogynistic and probably homophobic and everything else? It's a real pickle for them, right? But what if, what if Joe Biden just really says, I'm, I don't want to do this. I'm, I'm literally here. I'm just simply here right now to stop Trump. And so that's the only reason I need, and I don't need to be here otherwise. And then they can convince him that he's done his job. You've, you've done, you've, you've stopped Trump. You, you did it. You stopped Trump. You, 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 you crippled him legally. You know, today, and I mentioned this earlier, the challenge of the 14th Amendment is, is being played out in court. Can Donald Trump be on the ballot? I, I, of course, think he can. I've talked to Andy McCarthy about this. Andy McCarthy thinks he can, too, because the insurrection clause, as it's known in Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, doesn't apply to presidents. It specifically lists out senators and members of the House and electors of the president and the vice president, but specifically leaves out the president. So no, I don't think it applies to him. And I think when the Supreme Court, when it gets there, the Supreme Court's going to agree with the same thing. But if you're Biden's handlers, if you're David Axelrod, if you're, if you're Barack Obama and you want this guy gone because you know the guy's going to lose, you have to convince him that he's already destroyed Trump already. That all the legal problems and everything else is, you almost have to go to him and show him fake polls. You almost have to go to him and show him that he's already beaten Trump. I I imagine that's probably what they're going to have to do. They'll walk into the Oval Office and they'll say, Mr. President, great news. This new poll came out. You have a 57-point lead over Trump. Never seen anything like this before in the history of polling. This election is over. And with all his mounting legal woes and bills, he's, it's, it's done. So you can, you can gracefully exit stage left and you can go out to the great big yonder there and you can enjoy your time on the beach. And you did it, Mr. President. You stopped Trump. Trump is over. Trump is yesterday's news. Now, I mean, you, you know as well as I do that those are, of course, going to be lies. I mean, they're going to be lies that they have to tell him. 
you know, according to the whistleblower that came out yesterday, Hunter Biden got a staggering $4.9 million from sugar brother Kevin Morris, his sugar brother, whopping $4.9 million from Hollywood lawyer Kevin Morris in a three-year period, according to an IRS agent who investigated the president's son for alleged tax evasion. Hunter must be just the smartest consultant you can possibly have, right? I mean, the guy is just so good. All these people keep hiring him. I'm sure it has nothing to do with the fact that he's the son of the president of the United States. Nothing. And nothing to do with, at the time, he was the son of the vice president of the United States or a powerful senator from Delaware who'd been there since Delaware signed the Constitution and since they were the first state to do so. Well, they ratified that a long time ago. The revelation signifies a substantial increase in the known amount that Hunter got from his so-called sugar brother after the men reportedly met for the first time at a December 2019 campaign fundraiser. IRS agent Joseph Ziegler shared the jaw-dropping figure and additional documentation Tuesday with the House Ways and Means Committee in a follow-up appearance as House Republicans near an expected vote to authorize an impeachment inquiry into into Biden for his alleged role in the family's foreign dealings. A prior reporting indicated that Morris paid about $2 million in tax debts for Hunter and purchased some of his artwork. That beautiful artwork, the Picasso of our time, you know, blowing paint through a straw onto a canvas, and then selling it for half a million dollars. And the people who buy it just happen to get White House access and also their family out of uh, the clutches of Hamas first. They're elevated to the top, the VIP list, in terms of getting their family members returned from the savage terrorist Hamas. Morse's motives for helping the first son financially and the authenticity of their friendship have been debated by Republicans. As part of this Tuesday testimony, Ziegler provided legislators an email showing that as of early as February 7th, 2020, two months after they met, Morris was contacting accountants on Hunter's behalf and warning them to work quickly to avoid considerable risk personally and politically. Ziegler, who investigated Hunter's taxes for five years before he was removed from the case this year, said the first son's income from Morris, at least some of it deemed loans, resembled Hunter's practice of trying to avoid paying taxes on other income by describing it as loans. According to what Ziegler said in his opening statement, Hunter appeared to follow a pattern of attempting to avoid paying taxes on relevant income. This first started with Hunter not reporting the Ukrainian gas company Burisma and the income he got in 2014 and allegedly falsely claiming that it was a loan to him. You know, these guys, these guys like Ziegler, these guys, these IRS guys, these, these people that hunt down money launderers, criminal money laundering enterprises international, they're good. They're good. And you know what makes them good is that their ability, like a bloodhound, to sniff out how the money can be moved around through various shell companies. And that's why the Department of Justice tried to stop them from doing their job. You know as well as I do that they were getting to the truth. That's why the Department of Justice sidelined them. It's why the Department of Justice rolled all of Hunter Biden's tax crimes, which are really Joe Biden's financial crimes, into the gun diversion agreement so that the judge couldn't touch it and it would all go away with the gun charge. I mean, just that alone, the fact that they baked that in with the gun diversion charge to get rid of all the financial crimes is why I told you it's not a sweetheart deal. It is a cover-up for the President of the United States of America. He again tried to claim the millions in Chinese income earned from Hudson West 3, his business, was a loan to him, which was refuted by the evidence and was not allowed by his tax accountants. This continued in 2020, 2021, 
and 2022, at which Hunter received approximately $5 million in payments for personal expenses again in the form of a loan and gift from Democratic donor Kevin Patrick Morris. Ziegler and the rest of his investigative unit were removed from the tax fraud case targeting Hunter, allegedly on Justice Department orders, after Ziegler joined his supervisor Gary Shapley in publicly alleging a cover-up involving preferential treatment for the first family. And then a month later, the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware announced a probation-only plea deal for Hunter, which ultimately fell apart at a July court hearing. That's when his lawyers because dumb people hired dumb lawyers, pressed for assurances that he had broad immunity for other possible crimes committed in the past. The judge did the Jedi mind trick there to convince them to drop it, to walk away from this amazing once-in-a-lifetime plea agreement to cover up for the financial crimes of the President of the United States of America. The judge was smart. She did America a service that day. She really did. The full transcript of Ziegler and Shapley's latest testimony, um, according to a source behind closed doors, said that Ziegler was asked to confirm the $4.9 million figure for Morris's contributions and did so. And it's possible that this guy, Morris, this Hollywood sleazebag, gave even more in 2023 that's not included in the total. Now, it's probably not that Morris was getting anything from Hunter. It was probably a favor to help him hide money, to move the money around. It's like three-card Monty. Look over here, and I'll move it around, and then you're going to lose. And you always lose playing that game, by the way. The game's rigged. Like most games, the house always wins. Most games involving money, the house always wins. Eventually, they get their money back. That's why, uh, <clears throat> that's why when you look at this situation, you realize the games that were being played here to hide money and move money around, you understand how complex this is and could only really truly be unraveled by serious financial investigators like the whistleblowers. And why how the House GOP Oversight Committee and James Comer, and they're doing a great job, they, they're limited. They're not criminal investigators. They're members of Congress. They have attorneys who can help them. They have people who can help them, but they're, they're, they're still not criminal forensic accountants. They're not, that's not their job. The House Oversight Committee leaders allege that James Biden laundered, oof, a whopping amount of cash, 40 $1,000 in Chinese government-linked funds to pay Joe Biden in September of 2017. And then he paid his brother 200000 in 2018 after getting an identical amount the same day by promising to help a U.S. hospital chain find a Middle Eastern investor using his political connections. White House said those two transfers were genuine loan repayments and that President Biden did nothing wrong. But Republicans say the funds that James claimed to be repaying were transferred to him from a law firm rather than Joe Biden's personal account, clouding the picture. Ziegler, a registered Democrat, and Shapley, a registered Republican, who says he voted for Democrats in the past, including Bill Clinton, publicly objected to the handling of Hunter's tax fraud investigation as Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss reportedly was considering allowing Hunter to avoid any charges after Biden appointed U.S. attorneys in Los Angeles and Washington declined to partner on a prosecution in their districts where the tax crimes would be brought because of residence issues. On Tuesday... Ziegler scolded Democratic legislators for their handling of the case. He said, I can tell you that as a fellow Democrat who had previously voted for your Democratic colleagues, I am extremely disappointed and hurt by some of your comments and actions. Those comments you have lodged have impacted me and my family. My husband's business has been attacked, he said. 
And I have been personally attacked by the Biden family attorneys and members of the media. Real scumbag, right? I mean, real scumbag what these Democrats do. But they'll protect Joe Biden no matter what. Remember, I told you the only reason why they went after Bob Menendez, the only reason is because Bob Menendez battled them on the Iran deal. If Bob Menendez had just shut his mouth and been a good little boy about the whole thing, well, then he would have been fine. He would have been fine and nothing would have happened to him. The only time you go after a Democrat for corruption, the only time, and I mean this, the only time you do this is if they get in your way. Otherwise, they're free to be as corrupt as they possibly want. But cross them and they will come after you. So now that, let's, bring, let's go back to what President Trump said last night to Hannity when he said, I don't think Joe Biden's going to be the candidate. Barack Obama never wanted him to be the candidate in the first place. Remember, in 2016, Obama wanted to back Hillary Clinton, and they did. And he said, never underestimate Joe's capacity to F things up. How do you get rid of the guy? Well, one of the ways you do it is you say to him, Mr. President, look at these polling numbers. You are beating Trump. You've beaten Trump. It's over. You won. You beat him. Congratulations. And by the way, Mr. President, while we're at it, they're getting really, really close to uncovering all of your financial crimes. So now may be the best time ever, Mr. President, the greatest time to just exit the stage gracefully. Have your legacy intact. And yeah, you'll be a one-term president, but you'll have a Democrat who will carry on your legacy. Somebody who will be able to pick up the mantle and run with it. And it won't be Kamala Harris because we know you hate her. He does. It's obvious he hates her. I mean, that time in that debate when she tore him apart for being a racist, you know, I was that little girl, Joe. Remember talking about the whole busing, segregation busing issue in Delaware? I was that little girl, Joe, back then when Joe Biden was palling around with the seggies, as Chris Matthews called them, the segregationists, his seggy pals. You say, Mr. President, you've beaten them, man. Look at the polling number. You can't, nobody comes back from this. This is insurmountable, sir. Insurmountable. And if you leave now, none of the financial stuff comes out. It all goes away. It all goes away because you're no longer the focus of anything. And we'll make sure that Gavin Newsom or King Philip the Unaccountable or Michelle Obama. I know, Susie, it's not going to be Michelle. I know. Relax. Or Gretchen Whitmer is able to take your mantle of progressive kookery and run with it. And you will be remembered as one of the most consequential presidents of all time. Even though you effed everything up. But we'll tell you that you'll be remembered as that way. Versus having all this stuff come out, destroy you, destroy your legacy. Remember, everything that they tried to cover up in the Hunter Biden laptop in 2020 was not because of the Hunter Biden nudie pics, disgusting videos, and everything else. It was because of the financial crimes of the President of the United States. That's why the FBI sat on it. That's why when Christopher Ray was asked about it yesterday, and John Kennedy, he gave a gigantic word salad about how the FBI, it's not their responsibility to confirm the authenticity, blah, 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 blah. Translation, we know. We owned it. We know what was on there. We know Joe Biden's a sleazebag. We know. We got it. We Yeah, we get it. And we had a cover for him. We had to do these things, and we had to tell big tech and the corporate media to join in, the unholy triad, join in with all of us and protect the president. But they can't do that now. They can't protect him anymore. You know, um, James Comer said it best when he said he called BS on this idea that uh, he bought a truck for Hunter. And it doesn't matter, as James Comer said, he got paid by China. Donald Trump is never going to stop hammering Joe Biden over his corruption. Remember that. 
He will never stop doing it. And that will destroy Joe Biden's legacy. And at this point, what Biden cares more about than anything is his legacy. Don't doubt me on this. Biden showed his hand yesterday when he said, if it wasn't for Trump, I wouldn't even be running. Now they just have to convince him he's already won. Which, considering the guy's lost his friggin' mind, they can already convince him the inauguration is today, and they're just, he, he, he won, the race is over. He's starting his second term. They can manipulate him any way they want. All right, now, with Christmas coming, you got to start thinking about everybody on your list, right? And how do you give somebody something that they're always going to absolutely love, appreciate, and never return? That's the question. Here's the answer. You do it by using five generations of family-owned American beef right from the heartland. I'm talking about Omaha Steaks. OmahaSteaks.com, and when you use my name, Zioli, at checkout, you get an extra $30 off your order. 50% off site-wide. Is going on right now at omahasteaks.com. 50% off site wide plus an extra $30 off your order. That is what I'm talking about. And I love it too. I love it. I love the food. I love the flavor. I love the value. I love the selection. I love all of it. Omaha Steaks is the real deal. And where else can you get 30 bucks off your order of high-quality food? Every steak aged for 28 days. Because that's how you bring out steak perfection. That's how you, you really get the steak to be where it needs to be. But they also have pork chops, uh, easy-to-prepare comfort meals, gourmet burgers, gourmet franks, so much more. Something for everybody. Beef Wellington for your Christmas dinner. And nobody returns steak. Nobody. I sent a cooler of steaks to somebody last week. They were thrilled. The lobster tails in there, they loved it. They return sweaters. They take back things to the mall or send it back to Amazon, but they never return the high-quality food from omahasteaks.com. And when you use my name, Zioli, at checkout, you get that extra 30 bucks off. So do it today. Beat the shipping rush and get it done. omahasteaks.com. Promo code Zioli. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. All righty. Big day today. A lot going on. There'll be a Las Vegas uh, police update on the shooting at the campus of the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. We'll, uh, we'll take that for you live, obviously, when it happens. I don't know exactly when it'll be, but let me know. What do you think, by the way, of my, of my, of my analysis of uh, how they get Joe Biden out of the race? Just convince him he's already won. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli, if you want to weigh in today. We got some, got some good tweets today, too, from the last segment. Zioli Army's fired up, which is great. 
Um, very good. I like it. Very, very nice. So the question is, uh, will it work or not? And that's the question. Can they get rid of Joe Biden? Chris Abolito on Twitter says the Italians literally said to Ukraine, leave the guns, take the cannolis. Hashtag peace with food. Hashtag Zioli army. Well said, sir. Well done. Uh, Exile in Jersey says Rich and Matt DeSantis, a friend of mine who is a gun collector and has a World War II French infantry rifle, a beautiful weapon. It's never been fired and only dropped once. Boom. (laughs) Boom. And uh, Newman Price enjoys uh, enjoying uh, Henry's musical selections today. Well done. All right. Thank you. Thank you. See that? Somebody said on Twitter, though I can't find the tweet at the moment, that um, let's see if I can find it here. Uh, let's see. They said, um, let's see. So, uh, Rich, when you guys get going, Matt giggling in the background really adds to the comedic effect of the show. Makes Henry's deep voice sound like the voice of reason just saying. Thank you, Lebo. Thank you for that. I like it. I like, like it. it. I, love I like it. it, too. Love it. This check-in brought to you by our friends at Cherry Hill Vavo, where relationship matters. Of course, the Cherry Hill Vavo social media check-in. Our great friends at Cherry Hill Vavo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill, where they're doing a big renovation right now and a great chance for you to save even more. Uh, okay, so... <clears throat> Let me share uh, some other things with you from the town hall meeting last night with President Trump, former, former President Trump, just to be clear. Uh, Sean Hannity asked him, just to be clear, you would never abuse power as retribution against anybody. Right? Right, Mr. President. Cut number five. I want to go back to this one issue, though, because the media has been focused on this and attacking you under no circumstances. You are promising America tonight. You would never abuse power as retribution against anybody. Except for day one. Yeah. Except Look, what? He's going crazy. Except for day one. Meaning? I want to close the border and I want to drill. That's drill, not a that's, drill. That's not no, no. that's not retribution. I got I'm it. gonna be I'm gonna be, you know, he keeps we love this guy. He says, You're not gonna be a dictator, are you? I said, no, 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 other than day one. We're closing the border and we're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that, I'm not a dictator. So that, okay? that, that sounds to me like you're going back to the policies when you were president. <laughs> That's All right. exactly Take a break. Just kidding. Now, you know, I mean, obviously he's joking about being a dictator. Our, our system of government doesn't allow the president to be a dictator. And here's the other thing, too. If he wanted to be a dictator, he had his chance. He was president for four years and never acted like a dictator. Now, Biden, on the other hand, is using his Department of Justice to go after his political enemies, which is literally what dictators do. But think about that for a moment. If the guy wanted to be a dictator, why didn't he be a dictator? What was he waiting for? Why would he wait till his second term to be a dictator? Why not just why not just do it the first time around? By the way, uh, what's this now? Oh, yeah, it's worth noting that the left has clipped this response so that he says, except for day one. Yeah, you're right. I've seen that on social media, Matt DeSantis. They have taken that out of context. And um, put that out there to scare everybody that he's going to be a dictator. But my, my, but my point, though, is why, if you're going to be a dictator, why do you wait to your second term to be a dictator? Do it in your first term. Don't most dictators di- start dictating right away? <laughs> yeah, dictators famously uh, give up power and then try to acquire it back. I don't know. Try to acquire it back for yeah. the purpose of actually becoming a dictator the second time around. I don't get it, yeah. I mean, in all the times that we've had dictators, they just started being a dictator. Like, they got in there like, all right, I'm taking over now. I mean, with Mussolini, Hitler, Mao, Justin Trudeau's dad, they're all, they just no. became dict- <laughs> What? 
we don't believe that uh, Pierre Trudeau is a, a dictator. Actually, I don't know very much about the Pierre Trudeau <laughs> regime. If he's anything like his son, it's very possible he's he a little he's a authoritarian. Yeah, yeah. Well, or or of course his biological dad, Fidel Castro. No. I mean, there's that. <laughs> no, that's not also a guy who quickly became a dictator. Show. No, <laughs> allegedly. But no, dictators start dictating. It's what they do. And they don't wait. And why would you wait, too? And then the other thing, too, is that they say, well, Trump won't leave office. Why did he leave the last time? Really? I mean, why did he leave the last time? He could if he was if, if he was capable of doing this, if he wanted to do this and if he had the ability to do it. Why is he not president right now? Why didn't he just stay? Lock the doors, change the locks and just hang out in the White House forever. Why did he leave? It's because our system doesn't allow presidents to be dictators. We have a we have a, a, a way of dealing with that. And also because I don't think, quite frankly, the United States military would put up with a president who acted as a dictator. I don't believe they would do that. They, 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 they swore an oath to the Constitution, too. So we have a very unique situation here with the left constantly screaming about him being a dictator. But if you're going to dictate, you just start dictating. You don't wait. You just get going. You know what I mean? You just get going. But now think of what they're saying about him. So they're saying now Trump sent supporters on a violent path to obstruct election. This is what the prosecutors are saying. Special counsel is now alleging that Trump sent his supporters on a path to the January 6th violence, the high holy day of the left, January 6th. In D.C. court filing, Donald Trump is accused of a history of election lies and public endorsement and encouragement of violence. So yesterday... And I'm not and and they're going to they're probably going to throw more charges his way. It's what I would imagine. But special prosecutor Jack Smith came out and said, yeah, Donald Trump absolutely sent his supporters to criminally block the election results. Now, this is just stupid, but let's play this out for a moment. All right. Trump's up there saying we got to fight like hell. If we don't have a country, otherwise we don't have a country. So we're going to march to the Capitol peacefully and we're going to we're going to make our voices heard or whatever he said. But he said peacefully. But let's assume that he was actually using hidden secret codes, like when you play the Beatles White Album backwards, and he was actually telling people to go and disrupt the election results. What would have happened? Really, what, like what would have changed that day? This is the thing I've been saying since, since early January of 2021. What would have changed? Nothing. Nothing would have changed. There's nothing that they could have done that would have changed the outcome of this election. At, at best, what they would have done... If, and, I, and I still believe this. If, if the riot had not happened that day, there were a number of Republicans who were willing to say they wanted to send the results back to the states, which is what their right was at the time under the Electoral Count Act. The minute that the first piece of glass was shattered, that was gone. That was over. They were never going to do that after that. That was, that was done. But let's assume, though, they got in the building and they were able to achieve something. What would that have been? To 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 what hold the Congress hostage and make them vote Trump as president to to not accept the Electoral College results and to say that that we actually think Trump won and then to certify Trump. And do you think that would have actually worked if they if they had killed Mike Pence, if they had actually hung him on the uh, on the lawn of the of the South Lawn of the Capitol building, would that have changed anything? See, nothing they could have done would have changed anything that day. This is the other problem with the government's argument is that you have to, if you're going to allege that he was trying to achieve an outcome, you have to specify what that outcome is. And they can't say it because there is no way it was going to change on that day. If even if the Congress had sent the results back to the states, there's no guarantee they would have got a different result back. The Electoral Count Act at the time 
said that the Congress has to certify the results of the election. They've since modified that law. But at the time it was on the books in January of 2021, that's what it said. Congress had the right to send the results back to the states. But if they did that, it doesn't mean the states are going to send them a different result. And then you get into the whole the whole theory that, well, Trump had all these 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 secret electors. They were actually going to go in there and vote. But that's not again, that's not how it works. So there was really nothing was going to change that day. So then you have to make the argument, if you're going to make this argument in court, if you're going to stand up there and accuse a man of a crime, what was the outcome? What was he hoping to achieve? If you're going to say that he was trying to use his, his words to, to affect violence, but for what outcome? This is what the government says. They said evidence of the defendant's post-conspiracy embrace of particularly violent and notorious rioters is admissible to establish the defendant's motive and intent on January 6th, that he sent supporters, including groups like the Proud Boys, whom he knew were angry and whom he now calls patriots to the Capitol to achieve the con- criminal objective of uh, obstructing the congressional certification. All right. So then they obstruct the certification, much like Jamal Bowman pulling the fire alarm and obstructing Congress. All right, they obstruct it. How does it change? Who becomes president? How does it change anything? Nothing changes. You delay it, which they did. They delayed it by a few hours, but the outcome was still the same. Right? They certified the Electoral College results. So what was going to change and how is that any different than when Jamie Raskin stood up in 2016 or 2017 and said he was trying to. Uh, He was trying to overturn the results of Florida's election, the Florida electoral count. He wanted to reject that. He needed a senator to go on with him, and he he couldn't get one. Or how does it change what the Democrats did in 2005 or 2001 or any of these other times they tried to send the results back to the states and reject the results of of, of the Congress? It doesn't change anything. Nothing. So this is why the... Special counsel is doing this. And the reason why he's doing this is because I, I, I think eventually they're going to add another charge here, which is aiding and abetting those guilty of an insurrection against the United States of America, because the ultimate goal here, of course, is to bar him from running under the 14th Amendment of the Constitution. 14th Amendment, Section 3, which is very, very clear in saying that anybody who takes part in a riot or an insurrection against the government of the United States of America cannot hold office but it lists out specifically as i mentioned senators and congressmen and electors and electors of the president and vice president of the united states it doesn't say the president so that challenge is going to go nowhere in court but that's ultimately what the government's goal here is that's ultimately the goal which is to bar him from running they know it's the only way to stop him is if they can get him off the ballot That movement, which is now starting to happen and the trial that's playing out in some states, which is to keep him off the ballot, is going to fail at the United States Supreme Court level. It's going to fail at the Supreme Court level. And he will be able to be on the ballot. By the way, um, Lady Ballers, which is a movie we talked about on the show, Lady Ballers, it's a hysterical title, was made by the guys over at the Daily Wire. It's all about a bunch of dudes who uh, play women's basketball It is now the number one trending movie, according to Rotten Tomatoes. The number one streaming movie in the country right now is Lady Ballers, which is fantastic because it's a comedy and it proves to you that comedy is not dead. Satire is not. Oh, you saw it, DeSantis. You liked it? Yeah, I watched it over the weekend. It it actually is genuinely hilarious. Really? Yeah, it's very good. Um, I thought, uh, yeah, at Daily Wire, I 
just assume like how good could a movie be that they've produced? No, no offense to them, but they're not a film studio. It sure. actually is a very good comedy. It, it's very funny. Jordan Peterson has an amazing cameo in it as well. Does he really? Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, that's great. I mean, I'll, maybe I'll watch it tonight. I need something to watch. I just finished uh, The Fall of the House of Usher on Netflix. Highly recommend it. Excellent show. You guys seen it? Uh, it doesn't sound all that. Never even heard no, of it. I don't, yeah, I don't know no, it's about. good. It's good. It's got a lot of death, a lot of murder. <laughs> it's basically, imagine if the, so, the, so the, the family in the movie, imagine them being the Sackler family behind a, uh, a very successful opioid painkiller and meeting their, their, their fate, so to speak, because they kind of made a deal with the devil. It's, it's good. It's well done. And every episode has a different Edgar Allan Poe theme whether it's the Raven or the Telltale Heart or, you know what I mean? And so every episode has a different a different Edgar Allan Poe-influenced spin on it. I thought it was great. I enjoyed it. I was binge-watching it. It's listed Loved as it. horror? Is it scary? Uh, it, well, it depends. I mean, you're kind of like a little girl, so you probably would be scared, but I think most people would find it... <laughs> no need to insult me. I was just curious. Sorry. I, <laughs> did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. My apologies. I, I thought I hit my mute button there awkward uh no this is scary no i mean there are scary moments but no i think it's a i would describe it more as i mean it's horror in the sense that there's there's dead people and stuff like that and people die but i don't know i'd probably describe it more as a psychological thriller than anything else uh, maybe i'll check it out yeah uh speaking of daily wire did you see the uh trailer for that cartoon they're producing mr bircham no adam carolla yeah adam carolla's uh spearheading it there's a lot of great voice actors in it like patrick warburton's in it he's doing his own thing there's a lot of uh personalities they got in it i saw the trailer and i was like you know what that could be actually pretty funny it sounds really good by the way patrick warburton is the guy who is putty who endorses barefoot wine i had it wrong yesterday i said yellowtail but it's barefoot wine got a sports putty. team yeah sports team feels like an arby's night Putty's the best. He's the great. He's a good actor. So, uh, all right. So that's a good cartoon. So when is that going to launch? I have no idea. I'll be honest. I like how these conservative sites are making content now. I really do. I like it. I like. Well, first of all, I just like the fact that you you don't need Hollywood anymore. It's not speaking of the 1930s. I mean, it's not the 1930s, and you don't have to worry about big studios and big bosses anymore and all that. You can make content in a variety of different ways now and get it out there. And if it's good. Um, it, it'll it'll work, it'll work. Yeah, they got so. some good names attached to us. So it's uh, Adam Carolla, Megan Kelly, Brett Cooper, Roseanne Barr, Candace Owens, Danny Trejo, Patrick Warburton. Wow. Yeah, it's gonna be. It, it looked pretty funny. I'm a, I'll, maybe I'll come through the trailer here, and make sure it doesn't curse, and we could play it. No, speaking of Hollywood, uh, yeah, please do that, Henry. That'd be great. Nicholas Cage said he he thinks he only has three or four movies left in him as he talks about retirement. So he only has a chance to play Nicolas Cage three or four more times. <laughs> well, I thought I saw something that, like, he, he watched uh, Breaking Bad for the first time, and he thought, like, huh, I should do more of these show things instead of movies. He's so maybe never, that's what he means. He said he's never done TV before, but now he's suddenly open to it. I, I found it strange that he said he wanted to go out on top. I, I couldn't name a thing Nicolas Cage has been in. Uh, oh, in the, the last like five, six years. No, he's in a movie. Uh, I want to watch it. It just came out. Uh, uh, shoot, what is it? I'm pulling it up right now. Well, you know, the thing about Nicolas Cage is he literally plays Nicolas Cage in every movie. Nicolas Coppola. He also had a cameo in Kingpin, I think, as Nicolas. Was it, was it Kingpin as Nicolas Coppola? 
It might have been that. I forget. Mm. Now, maybe it was a different movie I'm thinking of. The movie I'm thinking of is Dream Scenario. No. You know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I think he's Nicholas Coppola in that. Oh, is he? Because you know he's Francis Ford Coppola's son, right? I thought it was his uh, nephew. Maybe it's his nephew. Yeah, nephew. I still think his best movie is The Rock with Sean Connery. It's a great movie. Great movie. Great action film. But Sean Connery, let's face it, saves that movie from Nicolas Cage, who plays Nicolas Cage in a prison. Like, whatever movie Nicolas Cage is in, he's just playing Nicolas Cage doing that thing. Yeah, I didn't say it was a great movie because of Nicolas Cage. No. He doesn't add very much to it, but it's a great movie nonetheless. Ed Harris is excellent in it, though. Oh, Ed Harris is great in everything. I saw that Angelina Jolie says she's leaving Hollywood. Did you see that? Again, she said she's leaving Hollywood. She's done. Hollywood is a very, very bad place. What has she been in recently? Nothing. Nothing. She's still is she still adopting kids in Africa? I think (laughs) she is like better known for that than anything she's done in in film recently. Exile in Jersey says, Rich, I usually hate Netflix productions, but I agree with you on the fall of the House of Usher. Loved it. And if Matt wasn't such a girly man, he'd probably like it, too. (laughs) I'll give it a shot. I said I'd watch it. I love it. Now they're piling on you, DeSantis. It's fantastic. I had a day off yesterday. Nobody really uh, mentioned me too much on social media, at least not in a negative sense. But today (laughs) today we're making up for for lost time. Today they're making up for lost time. I love it. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of people who make you laugh, Jimmy Fallon will be here at 5 o'clock. He's got his new book coming out about cancel culture, so I'm excited to talk to Jimmy about that. We'll have him on the show around 5 o'clock. And I'm always grateful for the great support of Cherry Hill Volvo and Route 70 in Cherry Hill. You know, we broadcast live from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. They already have some really aggressive pricing promotions going on at Cherry Hill Volvo, but it's about to get even better because they're doing a big renovation of their dealership. So it's been a family dealership since the 1960s when Judith's father started it, and now they're expanding. But in order to make way for all the construction equipment, they have to move some inventory. So on top of all already aggressive promotions, they're adding to it. You buy a new Volvo, you get $1,000 off plus owner loyalty. If you lease or do financing through Volvo car financing, you get an extra $2,000 off. If you decide to do a plug-in Volvo, you're going to get a $7,500 rebate. So whether it's a brand new Volvo, whether it's a certified pre-owned Volvo, or whether it's the Care by Volvo lease program at Cherry Hill Volvo, which is what I do, where every five months you get a new Volvo, and one payment includes insurance, prepaid schedule maintenance, tire and wheel care, 15,000 miles annually, and so much more, you will be taken great care of. Because Judith Krupnik, Yosef Cohen, the entire team there pride themselves on working to get you the absolute best promotions possible they really do they go the extra mile to find you more ways to save money so now's never been a better time to get there and and support them too because they stand with us in this age of cancel culture they have the studio naming rights we broadcast from the cherry hill volvo studios that says a lot so What are you waiting for? It's the region's most accessible Volvo dealership right over the bridge on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. 
All right, so we got uh, a lot going on today. The uh, Las Vegas police say they have no idea about the motive of the shooter on the campus of the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. So uh, we're waiting for more details about that. Probably, uh, you know, a crazy person. I mean, obviously, only crazy people do this kind of stuff. But we'll try to get some more details on that as it as it comes out, as the show goes on. Jake Tapper was taken aback by the stunning admission after Joe Biden said, I'm not sure I'd be running if Trump wasn't in the race. This has been something we've been talking about the entire hour today on the show. And it is a stunning admission. No question about it. Doesn't shock me in the least. Cut number six. Stunning admission from President Biden. He now says if Donald Trump was not running for president in 2024, he's not sure that he would also be in the race. Those comments today at a fundraiser in Boston. Candid admission by President Biden. What do you make of it? Well, we had seen a lot of previous reporting, including our own here at CNN, that there's no doubt that Trump was a motivating factor, of course, Jake, uh, in Biden's thinking about running for reelection. But as Biden is wont to do in these uh, scenarios where he's behind closed doors, he kind of reveals his innermost thoughts. And what we're seeing here is a real, clearly defined rationale for Biden pursuing re-election despite his current political standing, which is not that great in the polls, obviously, the conversation about his age and concern among Democrats if he is the best candidate to put forward. What Joe Biden is making clear with these comments, he clearly thinks, because he said also Democrats cannot let Trump win uh, as a part of his comments say he clearly thinks he is the single best Democrat to be able to defeat Donald Trump because he did so once. We'll see if it plays out this way. I would also say, Jake, it raises the question. I know he's the big front runner. What if Donald Trump is not the Republican nominee? Does that mean President Biden is going to reconsider his reelection effort if that is the key rationale for his running? Is this the kind of admission a candidate should be making? Well, it clearly is going to provide ah, ah. Donald Trump an opportunity here uh, to talk about Joe Biden being so, more focused on him uh, than anything else. Yeah, you know, uh, here, here's here's the, here's the deal. Uh, Donald Trump is going to be the nominee, and that's why they have to stop. They have to stop Joe Biden. That's exactly the reason why, because Donald Trump is going to be the nominee. If he wasn't going to be the nominee, they wouldn't worry about it so much. They wouldn't worry about it. Trump was asked a question. Uh, or he told the story last night how Ted Kennedy, what Ted Kennedy told him about Joe Biden. Now, Ted Kennedy is obviously a liar and a murderer, but I still believe him on this point. You could be a lying murderer and still say things that are true sometimes. And I think that this is probably one of those times. Cut number four. They're at the top of their game. We have somebody that was never at the top of his game. 25 years ago, he wasn't one of the light bulbs. He wasn't one of the bright ones. And I tell I tell the story. So Ted Kennedy, believe it or not, was a friend of mine because of Palm Beach. They lived in Palm Beach at what's called the Kennedy compound. And I once I did him a big favor one time. And somehow he liked me. I liked him, even though we were opposite in many ways, politically, certainly. And I said to him, who's the smartest guy in the Senate? And he gave me a name. I don't want to tell you because I really don't like the guy at all. Still around. I said, who's the dumbest? He said, Probably Joe. I said, who's Joe? Joe Biden. This is the first time I said, uh, huh. And that was it. 
And that was it. And that was it. I'm not, I'm not surprised, by the way, that Joe Biden is the dumbest senator. He has a long history of being a dummy, and he plagiarized and said plagiarized in school, lied about his school, said he was top of his class. He was actually bottom of his class. So none of that surprises me in the least. All right, 855-839-1210. Big 5 o'clock hour. Jimmy Fallon is going to be here. His new book is out on cancel culture. We'll talk about that with him. And the question, of course, that's on everybody's mind today, which is what is going to happen in New Jersey with Senator Robert Menendez. And why is it that John Fetterperson is taking such an active interest in this race? We'll talk about that as well. Plus, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. says he flew on the Lolita Express twice. And Nikki Haley says the government should not ban parents from allowing their children to have sex changes, even though you can't change your sex. So mutilations and, you know, chop off body parts. We'll talk about that as well. Straight ahead. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.